You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 118 of the podcast as our revisiting of division rankings continues. We're going to be chatting about the central division in this episode. Cody Abrams and Melbourne joining you as always. Guys, how we doing? Pretty good, Hart. Pretty chill weekend. Just, uh, you know, some some hikes here and there and then a lot of watching of the players, like a lot of sitting on the couch watching golf. It was, it was no complaints there. Absolutely love it. I put a lot of different bets down and a lot of chances to make a lot of money. Probably not going to hit on any of them. <laughs> like I have, I think, six golfers to win outright and none of them are going to win. Um <laughs> I made a very early bet on Justin Thomas. I think it's a pretty smart bet. Uh, I think it was like five bucks gets me $250. So I was like, why wouldn't you on the eighth best golfer in the world, like ranked? Um, I also had Joaquin uh, Neiman, the Panamanian guy there, Dustin Johnson, uh, Victor Hovland, and Paul Casey all the win outright. I don't think any of them are going to do it now. So whatever they're all like five and one dollar bets to return like 200 bucks yeah might as well swing for the fences if you're trying to you know recoup some dollars there on bet 365 it does make it a little more exciting like i like watching golf any day but when you're rooting for like guys to to win you money it's even more excited and lvb is also in a uh a fantasy league for the golf so he tells me every weekend who we're rooting for and it actually happened to be justin thomas this weekend who's my favorite golfer so that worked out nice i cannot wait to golf this summer guys like i've been talking like i was talking with adam the other day while we were playing some nhl and we're just going back and forth like yeah you know i want to do this this summer get my handicap to x and like you know i'm gonna practice this many times a week and whatever and man I, I'm wearing a long sleeve right now, if you're looking at the video, because I actually clawed all the skin off of my arms because I had the itch all weekend. Just You've got the bug. Eh? Just, and man, like me too, I'm ready. I haven't been to a, a simulator all winter. So like, I'm just excited. We've got some nice weather. And like, so we record at 530 every Monday. Normally I'm in a dark ass room, but clocks changed and right now it's bright out so you can actually see me in my room and stuff so that just means we're getting closer and closer to summer closer to golf season and i could not be happier for that but back to hockey guys this weekend could have gone a little bit better obviously there was the outdoor game between the leafs and the sabers and heart before i pass it to you i just want to ask the question like did we see the outcome of this game going any other way than the Sabres winning because like as a Leafs fan no like it was just it the writing was already on the wall two years ago or whenever when they announced that this game was going to be taking place that the Sabres were going to smoke the Leafs and they did and now they're up 2-1 in the season series so I could be doing better but you know all in all it's uh it's a good day to have a day Harp how's it going man well I I'm just peachy i mean uh proud to proud to be a sabers fan and and you know this is probably like the the best most positive week for this hockey team in forever like you you beat the golden knights and eichel's return 
they just drive them right out of the building and then the comments afterwards and just that whole storyline and then they go into the outdoor game in hamilton and beat the leafs and and that was great too so doing really great and proud of the team and just in a in a great mood but uh yeah chad sorry about uh about the game for your Leafs there. And, and as we were talking about off air, just again, the goaltending issue and all of that, like that one goal by Hinnestros on Morazic, that just can't go in, man. And so yeah. like when you look at plays in the game that, you know, were, were backbreakers, that is certainly one that you look at. But It's funny. Uh, Peter Morazic, the weekend. first time he was actually standing in the net in like 15 games, he let that in. I was so blown away usually you know when he's getting scored on he's standing in the corner or he's out at the dot or something like that there was one save that Mrazek made that the broadcast went pretty nuts about and it was a big glove save and you know it looked on on Middlestad that one yeah yeah and it yeah. looked good but then you know you look at it for more than half a second and you realize that was created because Mrazek's right pad this happened on on his left side so to, to his glove side post his right pad was the only thing covering that post in the net when the shooter was in the middle and then he comes back and makes a glove save on that left side and it's like man you created that for yourself like you're just not in position and the Leafs are gonna end up getting saves as we go on but you guys will notice I'm growing out my beard here a little bit and I think I'm gonna keep doing this until Peter Mrazek posts a, a, a showing where he has an over 900 save percentage so oh, maybe poor, I, I might be growing it for a while poor page <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna look like brent burns soon yeah geez yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh all right guys let's uh let's get into uh episode 118 here so uh before we get into our chat about the central division uh let's go into a little fantasy corner so uh case let's start with you and uh recapping uh the last week uh for for fantasy for you yeah i i actually had a bye week this week i was playing uh irving so or brandon's team so um uh um <laughs> Yeah, basically a bye week, but I decided, you know, why not throttle last place? You can't sign into his count anyways. I got the second most points in the league. Not a surprise at all. I get more points than anyone but Chad on a, on a regular basis, and I get scored on more than anyone. Let me just keep hammering that point home when you look at me in ninth place. But I, I've strung together three wins here. Uh, I'm hoping for another win. This this week's a big one for me. I'll be in a playoff spot Um if if a couple things go well so yeah big week here but last week was a cakewalk <laughs> last yeah, week for me was definitely not a cakewalk i squeaked out a victory over the backest door bandits but i'll ask the same question about fantasy that i did talking about the leafs and sabers games boys could you have predicted any other outcome than a multiple scoregasms win in the boys in the booth fantasy league no you couldn't because it happens every week except for three um, and and so I have to say that every week, boys, I have to, to shit on you a bit because come playoff time, I feel like, you know, I'm like this team over here that, you know, the, the Maple Leafs where who knows, I might have the best regular season in the history of regular seasons, but who knows what will happen come playoff time. So I'm trying to stay a bit humble, but boys, my team is so good and uh, it's just going to keep getting better as as guys continue to perform. So top three teams right now have clinched playoff spots. That's me, Danbury Trashers, and uh, the Meatheads. 
after that case, as you alluded to, the the playoff race is absolutely wide open, and it's going to be so exciting to see who who beats me in the first round. Then, Harp, how about you, man? How, how's your fantasy going? Uh, well, no surprise, another owl last week for the Pepsi uh, Cup scoring champs. And, uh, yeah, 201 to 188. So, you know, not bad. Not a complete blowout, but uh, still a, a bit of a, a you know, a, a decent margin there but between the two. And uh, that was to Will Nye, the science guy. So, Chad, that that's a, a, another Toronto buddy of yours, correct? Yeah, that's right. We were at the uh, Arizona game together last week. Okay, so that's Kuriaku then. Jeez, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So I was no? with I was with Remy and John and my right, bu- okay. my buddy Quentin. But yeah, so Remy okay, Remy right. is the guy who who you played. Right. Also right, was on and... the podcast, Harper. I don't know. Yeah. yeah also, course. what the hell, Harper? He was. We had <laughs> I know, a whole discussion. You know what know. it was? It's because we were talking about numbers and his model and math, and Harper just tuned out, right? Like, <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Well, Remy, if you're listening, I apologize and congrats on the win last week. Um, but anyway, uh, Patrick Kane was really my standout guy. He had ten points and and was great. But yeah, still the L there. But I'm feeling pretty good going into this week because uh, our our friend Mr. Morell doesn't like to set his lineups he has an all season mail order brides and so got a good chance to uh to beat him this week so looking forward to uh to this week in fantasy i'm putting five bucks on Corey. <laughs> he's made a couple moves so my money's there too he's been busy <laughs> he has he has stepped it up a little bit so um you know might not be a cake like it's going to be close it's going to be a close matchup so um yeah hopefully i can win but yeah no thanks for the vote of confidence guys appreciate it uh <laughs> all right let's uh let's get into our conversation about the central division as our uh revisiting of the uh division rankings that we had before the start of the season continues so uh yeah let's get into the central so uh the uh the standings that we had uh, them projected out to be before the start of the season we had colorado at number one Winnipeg at two, Dallas at three, then Minnesota at four, Chicago at five, St. Louis in sixth, Nashville in seventh, and Arizona in eighth. So let's start with the Colorado Avalanche, and that that's an easy one. I mean, that, that goes without saying that uh, they were projected to be the number one team, and no surprise, they're the number one team in this division and uh, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League looking like a Stanley Cup contender as expected. So uh, Case, start us off with talking about the Colorado Avalanche and uh, we'll go into uh, where we were right and where we were wrong with each team. So let's start with the Avalanche Case. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be pretty quick about this one because talking about these guys, we kind of nailed it. I mean, we said that they're going to be the top team. It was this their division to lose here and we said, you know, top team in this division but maybe not the number one team in the league so far we're wrong about that but it is close for sure and you never know what's going to happen in these last 22 games um yeah i mean what can't you say about this team 
like you've got that top line that's absolutely incredible you've got the decor that's one of the best in the league you have the best scoring defenseman in the league you have a second line center that's come out of absolutely nowhere and blown up for you in Kadri so as long as he doesn't get suspended in the playoffs he's an absolute stud this year it's like everything's going right for this team so far even the officiating seems to be like so heavily for them I saw a post on Instagram the other day that was like um uh, I forget who what oh Samuel Girard is going to miss this game due to injury so we've given the Colorado Avalanche a 10 goal advantage <laughs> <laughs> they started the game 10 nothing against Carolina I'm like yeah that seems about right um yeah not not much else I want to say about this team they're exactly where they belong yeah and and we were right about this team and we we're also right about Carol or uh, Carolina what am I doing uh, Arizona I don't know where that even came from guys but so we were right about Colorado we were right about Arizona for sure at one and eight and then like we said you know dating back to to our first episode when we talked about the central division back in the preseason we basically said listen all the teams in the middle that's up for grabs like we don't know what's going to happen for teams two through seven and that's kind of how this division has shaked out so far shaken out so far so you know Colorado we were right um they didn't start the season very well though and there wasn't much panic about that but there were you know there was some chatter about maybe Colorado isn't the best team in the league because I think they started like you know, three and seven or something like that. But of course, this team has been incredible since then. Kadri, like you said, Case has been unbelievable. And, uh, you know, everything's going right for them. They've got a really good, underrated offensive defenseman. Um, not talking about Kale McCarr. Everyone knows he's very good. I'm talking about Taves. He's been a point yeah. per game this year, which has been incredible for them. Um, the only thing that's difficult for this team right now and and I don't even know if it's a difficulty anymore in the cap world is that Gabe Landeskog is going to miss some time he requires surgery and so does that mean they go out and get Claude Giroux like does that make this team better (laughs) I saw I saw every comment on that announcement that he's missing time it was like oh we're doing a Tampa we're doing a Tampa everyone's fired up about it it's like you lose one of your best players and your captain and everyone's a little little excited because it means LTIR I I hate it man and when Muzzin went down for the Leafs same thing I was like this is good like (laughs) we can get whoever but then now you're seeing you know sometimes like good teams can afford to do that like Tampa but sometimes they leave a big hole when when you lose a big player like that but anyways we're right on Colorado is is the point here for for sure and I, and I think like you know this is very small but like maybe where we went wrong with this team was like okay they they had a slow start and we maybe weren't sure about Darcy Kemper but he's been fantastic since that low start to the season and I think we kind of at least I did if you guys can remember kind of questioned the bottom six depth offensively for this team right we kind of questioned that but uh, they kind of just get it done by committee and what has helped is um, you know obviously that top line is ridiculous but what has helped is like you mentioned, Case, how good Kadri has been. And, uh, but yeah, like they just, they're getting it done by committee in the bottom six, which is where, you know, my concern kind of was because they lost guys like Belmar and Don Scoy, you know, Sod. those two in particular. But guys that like kind of fly under the radar, like Obey Kubel and O'Connor and Jost and some of these guys just uh, help out in the bottom six. And so um, those are really the only two concerns with this team. But yeah, we were right about them. And, and and no surprise there. 
yeah, we we talked briefly about some of the guys they've they lost in the offseason. And um, that's what we wanted to hit on was, you know, who's going to re- replace the roles of Orion Graves and of um, Brandon Saad. And there's others I'm forgetting. But yeah, there's guys that have stepped up and that's exactly what the team needs, you know, so they got it for sure. All right, let's go into uh, who we had at number two, and uh, it's it's been a it's been an up and down year for the Winnipeg Jets, and so we had them at number two. They're sixth in the in the Central Division um, right now. Of course, I picked them to uh, have a strong second half of the season a little while back, and it's just been very up and down with this team. They've been through a lot. Paul Maurice resigned earlier in the season, and and uh, they've just they've been through a lot. So, uh, Case, let's get uh, your thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, where we were right and where we were wrong. Yeah, we were very wrong about this team. That's for sure. We all had them at second. And in this division, there's a, you know, we're way off, but at the same time, like two swaps and we're pretty nail on. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) if you swap the Blues and and the jets where we had them nailed it perfect but the jets man such a streaky team like at one time they they lost six in a row and then you know they they'll go on a little bit of a heater where they win let's say five out of uh nine or, or whatever it is and two overtime losses you know they 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 start rolling and then they lose a bunch of games in a row and i'm sitting here trying to figure out what's wrong with this team and honestly i can't figure it out like i, I they're so middle of the pack in everything, I guess. Yeah. Um, the start of the season was definitely where what hurt them the most. And there was a lot of guys that simply were not clicking for them at the beginning of the season. Shifley had a tough start to the season. Uh, Wheeler had a god-awful start to the season. I, took a, I think it took him 30 games to score a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. you know, some of your big guys weren't clicking at the beginning of the season. And that, that just like dug a hole for them. And, and now that's where they are. And, you know, the middle of the standings and goals for goals against pow- like power play penalty kill. It's everything. And so I look at the team and I look at their roster and I'm like, this looks good to me. I don't really get it. You have Kyle Connor on a career year. You have Dubois playing the best he's played as a jet yet. You can't get it done. So definitely frustrating. You know, we talked about early in the season when we did the rankings, uh, Hellebuck saying, you know, we're, we're at the end of our window here. We need to make a push and not getting it done. No. Yeah. Th- this is a team, guys, that, you know, similar to when we talked about Vancouver last episode, we looked at this team on paper and thought, this is good. Like, they're going to be good. They're, they're going to improve from last season. They're going to, you know, gel more as a team with the, you know, incorporation of Dubois now in, in a full season. And it just really hasn't worked. And last year, I think we had a conversation about, you know, the gap closing between Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers and something I've been very disappointed with this year is Nick Ehlers production because he's been you know in and out of the lineup because he's been hurt throughout the season so that never helps but you know he's got just 30 points now in in roughly 40 games and so you know coming from a guy who you know is capable of being a point per game player it's just sort of disappointing um and then on the other side of things you've got connor like you said who's having a career year so it's like you know they kind of went in opposite directions when we thought the gap was closing between the two so that's kind of unfortunate to see another thing too is and and we knew this going into the season and maybe this played a factor into why we ranked them at number two but we knew that hellebuck is one of the best goalies in the nhl and he's been 
really good this season. Like I did a post uh, yesterday on, on Boys in the Booth, and Hellebuck was ranked right now on Money Puck uh, 11th in goal saved above expected, which, you know, he's been there all year. He's been top 10 or in and around. But his last, you know, four starts or so haven't been great. He's been kind of streaking with the team as well, up and down. So it's tough when you win or win and lose and live and die with your goaltender. Like it, it's tough to be a competitive team if that guy's struggling. So I don't know. The Jets are better than this, but. I don't know if if next year when we do this ranking, we can put them in in second or in the top three. I think the real unfortunate thing for Winnipeg, maybe, you know, maybe this is the real reason is there's more surprises in this division, good surprises than any other division. Yeah. Well, Pacific's a little up there, but, you know, the Blues are shocking. Nashville's shocking. The Stars are kind of better, but not as good as we thought that they were going to be. There's a lot going on in this division, and it it's missing Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and and I think like before the start of the season, like it would have been safe to say that this is the best team in Canada. Like, am I am I completely off there? Or yes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And so, <laughs> oh, you forgot uh, about Toronto hype. Yeah, no, I know the mecca of the hockey universe. <laughs> I knew I was gonna, I was gonna get a hard time for that. But no, I, I mean, like you know, you look at this team on paper, and it's like Florida all those years. Like they're good on paper, and they're just not able to, to have success and and you know, take it to that next level. And so I just. We've been hearing this a lot, but I, I think it's true. You just wonder if things have just gone a little bit stale with with the Jets and uh, if if some big changes need to happen. You know, we'll see what happens with Andrew Kopp. His name has been out there quite a bit as, as the deadline approaches. We're a week away as, as we're recording this. Um, but I just I looked at the roster and, and, you know, they improved the back end, as we've mentioned before on the on the pod here with bringing guys like Dylan and Schmidt and and, uh, you know, they've got the they've got the core there and, and uh, the guys that can that can produce offensively. But it just hasn't worked. And, and they've been through a lot again this year. The, the past couple of years, honestly, have, have been a lot for the Jets. Like you, you look at the whole Bufflin situation and and you look at uh, Paul Maurice, uh, you know, resigning and, and, and everything and, you know, not exactly the greatest place to play either. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when when you look at markets in the NHL. So just there's been a lot. And uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens. But uh, certainly did not expect uh, this team to be as low as sixth. If they were to blow it up and like I'm not saying they even should, because I think they have the pieces to to still be good. But if they were to blow it up, they could be they could build a dynasty with like 25 first round picks because they would get a ton for all the players they have on their roster now. Yeah, you know? like if you were to send Halibut out, there's a first plus. You know, Connor, two firsts or equivalent. Same with Ealers. Like I don't know. I'm just looking at it. You might get a first for Cop. You know, so like, yeah, he's he's played well. He's another guy. Like Case mentioned Dubois and Cop is another guy as well. He's a big part of that team. So Dude, anyway. if you did it at the right time, Chad, you'd get like four firsts for Kyle Connor. You I got, know, I know. You got for Blake yeah. Coleman. The Devils got. First round pick and a guy who was drafted the first round a year ago. Yeah. Like, 
yeah, if Kyle Connor, or if uh, Blake Coleman get that, Kyle Connor's getting four first. Yeah, yeah, four first for Shifley. How many first for Ehlers? Yeah. <laughs> they just blew it up. They're playing GM mode. Yeah, that's that what I'm saying. Sick, but yeah. I don't see it. And I, you know, obviously, not happening. No, no. <laughs> and uh, Cole Perfetti, big part of their future. He's looked really good as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Jets, but uh, uh, definitely a, a surprise that they're as low as sixth. Uh, the Dallas Stars. We'll move on to them now, guys. So uh, third in uh, in uh, the division is where we had them before the season started, and uh, we're not too far off. They're they're uh, they're down into fifth spot right now, a point behind Vegas for that second wild card spot. Uh, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Rupe Hints. I mean, they've been the drivers. Jake Ottinger's been excellent as well. Dallas has been, uh, you know, a pretty hot team uh, lately. So uh, let's talk about the Stars. The problem with the Stars this season is that they just lost Heiskanen for the rest of the year. And it comes yeah. in a season where John Klingberg, their other really good offensive defenseman, has not been very good. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about moving Klingberg and like if if this isn't going to be this team's, you know, final push with this, I don't even know if you can call it a core anymore with, with Ben and Sagan because they're not even the most prominent players on the team anymore. But if it's going to be, you know, sort of a final push with this group and they realize that they're, they're not going to be able to make the playoffs or they're going to fall outside because they just lost their best defenseman, then... Maybe the time is right to sell Klingberg if he's not going to re-sign. I don't know. But it's it's funny that we looked at this team going into the season and we thought, okay, their goaltending, phenomenal. And this season, their goaltending has been pretty good. But it's been from different guys who we just didn't expect to be playing meaningful games for them. So Yeah, we were talking about this team before Ben Bishop retired. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And yeah. so, and so we thought it was going to be Bishop and New Dobin, and now New Dobin is—is is he playing in the American League right now? Like I haven't even heard of him in a while. Yes. And then now they've yeah. got Holtby and Ottinger, and we knew Ottinger was good, but you know, we—I don't think many of us expected that tandem to be as good as it's been. So it's just interesting to look back on our conversation about this team. But I think yeah. we were generally right that they're middle of the pack. I, I ranked them slightly like i had them four on my own list and i know that my main reason between them and minnesota was you can't put two goalies in the net yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like that's kind of come true you know they have great goaltending but it's like their bit their best part about them is that they have multiple guys who can play in the net but you only get one of them so yeah. um you know it's a little tough but that brings me to the second point about this team is don't count them out yet this team like we said in the previous rankings episode on them they're in win now mode with their yeah. core in quotes and with some of the aging guys on this team they're in win now mode so look for them to make big moves be one of the only team actually making big moves at this boring trade deadline and Hugh Dobin th there's a goaltender market right now expect for him to get traded for sure um or one of them hope be uh, well not Ottinger don't trade him you'd be yeah. crazy but you know what I mean one of them's getting traded and I think they're going to make some big moves to try to make a push for the playoffs don't count them out from being that four or three spot yet yeah yeah definitely. interesting to see for sure Mm -hmm. The thing is, too, going into the season, and I don't want to spend too much time on Dallas because we got to keep this thing going here. But at the beginning of the season, I think we knew that Jason Robertson was good. 
um, from his rookie year, I don't think we realized that he was like point per game superstar good. Dude, he's in that like he's in that most underrated player in the league category now. Yeah, like not for enough sure. love for him. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like D- Dallas is in a, a pretty nice spot where it's like. It, really this season like you you've seen the turnover of this roster to the new core where you know yeah exactly exactly the changing of the garden and uh you know with guys like robertson and and uh and hints and ottinger haskinen is certainly in there too and and it's it it sucks that for them that he's going to be out the rest of the year but um yeah it's it's turned over to those guys and then it's just wild to see joe pavelski who just got a one-year extension at a really nice cap hit of 5.5 million that uh he's just playing unbelievable like I, i he is one of the best guys tipping pucks in front of the net and so uh hence Pavelski and and Robertson again has just been uh, so good for this team and have really drove the offense. So uh, yeah, Dallas can't count them out for sure. The Minnesota Wild. So number four currently right now in the central. Or sorry, we had them at number four before the season started, and uh, they're at three. So again, uh, we were we were pretty close with Minnesota. They have struggled lately, though, guys. They had a, a really good start to the season that first half, and uh, it's really just the last uh, stretch of of games. Their last ten, they're three, six, and one. So Minnesota is kind of falling a bit, but uh, you know they're still going to be a playoff team. I think they're 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 right in there. Uh, so case thoughts on the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, they have struggled as of late, but. I'm not worried about this team whatsoever. And for all of the same reasons as we've talked about them before, they have their identity now. They know what this team is up and down the lineup. Everyone is on the same page and plays the same type of physical, fast, quick transition game. Absolutely love watching Minnesota. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> so it's kind of exciting. They've got analytically one of the best decors in the league for sure there's like you you look at money puck and every time you look at pairings they're near the top in every category up and down like one two and three it's unbelievable i I love looking at their decor and they're getting like you know above average goaltending so everything's going well for this team except for the last couple games and uh you know for that reason I'm, i'm not really worried about them at all yeah, talk about the goaltending. I mean, Cam Talbot was an all-star this year, which is, you know, that, that, that that's not nothing to be an all-star. I mean, so was Jack Campbell, and he's been a bit tough the last, you know, few weeks. But he was an all-star, um, so that's saying something. And Capo Kakinen behind him has been pretty good this season as well. And a good waiver pickup in fantasy, by the way, because he's very low rostered, and Minnesota wins a shit ton. So good waiver pickup there. And same with Francis. I meant to say that when we were talking about Colorado. That's another really good waiver pickup for for goalies in fantasy. Um, All I have to say about this team is is like, yeah, we were pretty much bang on with with our projections. And we might be by the end of the season, third or fourth spot, sort of like at the top end of of this division in terms of uh, talent. And then, you know, they just have to string together games and and wins. And they've done that for the majority of the season. And, yeah, they've been a bit cold recently. But, you know, I'm with you, Case. Like, I believe in this team. I believe in their identity. Another guy who, you know, maybe we thought was good but didn't realize was 
superstar good was Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. He's been incredible this year. And uh, one thing I'll say about this team, and last thing I'll say about this team, I guess, is that if you're going to win, guys, win now. Because next year, already, 12.7 million bucks against the cap from Parisian suitors buyout. The year after that, guys, 14.7 bucks against the cap in buyout money. You will drive the conversation to the bio every time Minnesota. Bio money. Why would you do that? Every single time. Dude, la- okay, last thing I want to say about this team and probably you know, most exciting thing for them. There's been a lot of talk in the media right now about teams like Ottawa and Vancouver and how their Bain and all the players are, are frustrated with all the trade talks, trade rumors, Vancouver, everyone's been talked about. It, it's just demoralizing. And for once, we have not heard a slew of uh, rumors about which Minnesota defenseman's getting traded. Yes. And it's got to be refreshing for this team. It's like there's so much confidence in the team and, and who they have going forward. That's got to be a positive. That That's an excellent point, especially for a guy like Matt Dumba in particular, right? Like, remember how much his name was out there? Like, for... Oh. for the better part of two years, honestly, it was crazy. Um, yep. And 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 uh, that that's a good segue into um, Billy Guerin's comments as well, because you know Minnesota's been struggling as of late. I'm with you guys, not worried about this team. I think they're deep. They're in win now mode. I, I really like the Wild a lot. But Billy G basically said, like, I can't trade your way out of this you know like i i believe in in you guys in the room right now to uh turn it around and uh you know they're on a bit of a slide here but yeah certainly have faith in this team and you want to talk about guys who we didn't think would have as big of an impact as they've had matt boldy since he came in uh, mm-hmm. has been like close to a point per game, I believe. And he's been he's been absolutely fantastic in a small sample size and has rejuvenated Kevin Fiala, I think, as well, whose name was kind of out there earlier in the year. And he was struggling a little bit. But, uh, you know, very impressive to see a young guy like that help out a talented guy in Fiala. So, yeah, you know, we were pretty bang on with Minnesota and not worried about them at all, even though they've struggled uh, over the last 10 Let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks. So we had them at number five, currently seventh in the Central, uh, way out of the playoff race, of course. And we don't need to get into it, but it has been a nightmare of a season for this organization. Kyle Davidson was just named the general manager, and we'll see what direction they go in. So let's talk about the Blackhawks. Yes, yeah, so we were definitely way off on their their rankings. This comes to my uh, second swap that will fix our rankings, and it's Chicago and Nashville. Yeah. Um, that would do it. And yeah. Chicago, though, we, we were very wrong about them on the rankings, but we were very right in the in the fact that we talked about how how much change had come to this team and how it's going to be hard to peg them in the season. We mentioned that at begin at the beginning of the year. We were like, "There's a lot of new guys." which means it could go anywhere for this team. They could be near the top and they could be near the bottom because that's how things go when you when you add six or seven pieces in one off like the season. Yeah, crazy turnover for this team. And obviously the big one is, well, there are two big ones really, Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury, it seems like he's content to stay in Chicago for the rest of the season up and, you know, there's been a million rumors about him moving at the deadline. So 
I think he's going to stay and, and, you know, maybe resign or retire or who knows, sign somewhere else, who knows. But I think that's a fact that he's going to stay. And then Jones, he's there. He, he's your guy for the next however many years. And listen, Jones, we knew going into this season, got overpaid for one by by a few million bucks per year. I think that's fair to say. He's a good defenseman, but he's not worth whatever he makes, 9.5. 9.5, yep. 9.5. Yep. And so um, I will say, though, and, and I always kind of bring it back to fantasy, it's, an, it's a good time to be an owner of Seth Jones because he's the only guy who plays like 27 minutes a night for this team. He's always on the ice. And for fantasy, that's, you know, that's a good thing because he's always in the play. But Chicago, you're right, Case. Like, we really didn't know where to peg them. We settled at five. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's not a horrible ranking because they got Jonathan Taves back this year. And, you know, Patrick Kane has always been electric. Um, and, you know, they made some big improvements like we just talked about. But they've also just had some some disappointing performances this year. The guy I can think of right now is Dominic Kubelik, who has not been good enough. But on the other side of that, a guy who's been really good this year is Brandon Hagel, who's probably going to get moved at the deadline. So they've kind of just been a mixed bag of of a team this season. And in a year where they've been in the media for all the wrong reasons, it just seems sort of fitting that this this team is not as competitive as people thought they were going to be. It seems like almost a punishment for a team who you thought they'd be making their last push. But um, really, they're they're already out of it. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, going into the season, there were two teams that it's like, okay, you know, they've won their Stanley Cups and, and they've been kind of uh, taking a step back for the last little while, kind of, you know, trying to build things back up again. And that's Chicago and L.A. And it's like, you know, which which one out of the two are, are going to uh, kind of, you know, get back into the playoffs and, and sort of, you know, make a make a push again to, to try and uh, and get another Stanley Cup. But uh, yeah, nothing has gone right for Chicago. I think they got maybe a little carried away after the playoff bubble in 2020 when they when they won around and and, you know, you you sort of sit there and think like, OK, like maybe we're we're closer to getting back to to the promised land than we originally thought. Um, you know, they go out, they make some big moves spend a ton of money nothing has just really come together and uh, I just think for for that organization this season can't end fast enough honestly it's it's just it's been a tough go and uh, yeah we'll uh, you know we'll see about next year for them maybe uh, they could get back into uh, sort of that middle of the pack and and be in the race which I could certainly see so uh, yeah it's been a tough year for the Hawks it seems like they they haven't or it seems like they've chosen the wrong direction, if I'm being honest. Like, if I were the GM of this team, I would I would sell Patrick Kane right now and get a King's Ransom for him. Retain half of his contract, get the equivalent of three first-round picks, because Kane is still an elite producer, and, and just is. laugh all the way to the bank and rebuild. Because you're not going to get anything for Taves. He hasn't been very good this season, and you know no. he's kind of been declining, um, which is a bit surprising because he was so good. What case? I I think you're muted. Trade Patrick Kane, set him free, please. <laughs> First star of the league last year. He's on a crashing team. He should be yes. winning Stanley Cups, more Stanley Cups. Get Patrick Kane on a sick line. Trade him. Trade him. Yes to all of that. Anyway, that's yes. my piece. 
Yeah, totally agree. All right, St. Louis Blues. We'll move on to them first. We've got three teams left, and and then we're done with the Central. So yeah. St. Louis, uh, number six is where we had them, and uh, they are all the way up at number two in this division currently. Um, St. Louis has been fantastic. Vili Husso has emerged as the starting goaltender for this team. I think that's fair to say. Um, they look so deep offensively and uh they can roll four lines and and the d's been really good as well st louis looks like a very deep team right now and and to me it would not be a a shock if they went and won another stanley cup um and uh their second since since 2019 so uh thoughts on the blues well this is the second team in this division that i said they could be anywhere And I had a tough time ranking them and I had no clue where to put them. So I put them at six because I was I just had more certainty about most other teams other than Chicago. I don't think any of us really saw this absurgence of. um, Oh, Cairo or Cairo or Robertson. We both we we knew that both both, we knew that both (laughs) of them had a high ceiling and that their time would come. We didn't think it would blow up so quick and Vili Husso that's weird um I think last year Chad was pointing out uh, how he's bottom of the analytics and if that was the case it was just a fact but now look at him and we were also thinking they're like trading Vladimir Tarasenko who's had a great return season um point per game player 20 goal score no surprise there it's like a lot of good things happened for this team in a, a very uncertain season, and now they're a freaking contender again, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, I think going into this season, there was just so much uncertainty about the Blues, and maybe that factored into to why we had them in the sixth spot. Also, just because... It's like I just said that or something. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. It's like, we, we just didn't know, right? And, and yeah. the main one for me was Tarasenko. It was like, is he gonna is he a player still is he good and it turns out yes and he is and uh you know they got Buchnevich who they stole for Sammy Blay in a second what a what a deal that was and oh. uh they've had guys just just play well you know Kairu like you mentioned and David Perron's had another good season he's been a factor for this team um you know, Pareko maybe taking a little bit of a step back, but still a quality defender. They've got a ton of guys. And then, of course, like you guys have already just mentioned, Vili Husso has, has been the story. And there's maybe a bit of a goalie controversy going on here in St. Louis. And I think over the last, you know, month or so, maybe three weeks, I've sort of concluded that when I'm talking about goalies, I have to frame my argument differently because it's so hard to evaluate like we talked about last episode. So I think from now on, guys, when I talk about goalies, I'm going to say who's good and bad right now rather than who's good and bad period because they flip-flop so easily and you're right Huso was a guy who was at the bottom of the league last year um, in, in analytics for goaltenders and this year he's, he's one of the very best so they've had a, a another great season another great run and they're trying to prove that you know 2019 wasn't a fluke and uh, they're big tough they're a playoff team this is a team that we've talked about how you know if they get into the playoffs look out and so we've seen a lot of that this season and we were wrong a bit about them, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we were right that there was some uncertainty, but we were wrong in in, in putting them so low in our rankings. 
I, I, I think the question with St. Louis is, can they get by Colorado? I think that is the number one question uh, with with this team. But I, there aren't a lot of holes. I would say the only thing that they would maybe need to do is add another top four defenseman. I think that's the only thing. And so, um, you know, we, we've we heard they're in on Ben Sherratt, you know, even Chikrin a little bit and, and, and some other guys. So we'll see what they do. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Buchnevich, Brandon Saad, who we mentioned uh, earlier on their case. He's been a great fit with the Blues as well. And, and uh, you know, young guys like Cairo and Thomas stepping up and looking at, at uh, the last roster update in Shell 22. And I'm like, Jesus, Cairo and 87 over all but it's justified like that guy's had an unbelievable season so not a lot of holes on this blues team but i think the the number one question is could they get by colorado uh in a in a conference finals matchup i think that's the number one question depends if cadre's in the lineup or suspended All right, so uh, moving on from the Blues to the Nashville Predators. So we had Nashville all the way down at uh, at seventh, and uh, they're currently in fourth in the in the Central Division. They've been a really nice surprise this season, guys. Talking about goaltenders again, UC Saros has been fantastic once again this season, and uh, Nashville currently holding that uh, that first wild card spot. So let's <coughs> talk about the. Predators, and then we'll get on to the Coyotes to finish off. Beep, 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 beep. You know what that is? That was the SOS that was sent out for elite goal scoring by the Nashville Predators <laughs> for the last seven, <laughs> seven seasons, and it's finally been answered. We got it. Duchenne is back to being an elite goal scorer. Philip Forsberg has 30 goals already. Uh, Roman Yossi is up there with Kel McCarr in points as a defenseman. They finally got the elite goal scoring, the high-end goal scoring. Even Ryan Johansson that we were pretty well given up on is back to close to a point-per-game player. They finally put it together, and they're putting up a good display of defense in front of incredible goaltending. That's the summary of this team, and you love to see it. (laughs) Case, uh, your favorite coach in NHL history, John Hines, said today... Uh, that what's his name? Oh my God, this is embarrassing. Roman Yossi. I couldn't <laughs> think of his name off the top. I wanted to say UC Saros. John Hines. He, he, he just said. I he, know. You said Yossi's you back, name. You got that ass backwards. <laughs> In the fact that John Hines is my least favorite coach. No, I know. that. Okay. Yossi is my favorite defenseman listen, in the league. The, and listen. you forgot his name and talked about John Hines. Listen. John Hines is in the, the room throwing darts at a dartboard going, that's the lineup. And it's working for him. Listen, <laughs> this this was a disaster. Okay. Like, can I can I restart what this, this whole thing here, Case? Okay. Yeah. Case... <laughs> Your favorite coach, John Hines, it's meant to be a joke because I know you don't like him, said that Predators defenseman, noted good player, Roman Yossi, got the name right, is the best defenseman in the NHL. He literally said that today. And so he's making a case for it this season. He's been fantastic. And so was the rest of this team. I put a future on him in week one to get the Norris. So yeah. probably not going to happen because Cal McCarr and yeah, points. Yeah. But <laughs> Roman Yossi is fucking good. He is really he good. Is. 
And and yeah. UC Saros is the other guy I wanted to talk about. This is another goaltender where you know I was kind of wrong on because you, you you just look at him. He's the only goaltender who's under six feet tall in the NHL. First of all, red flag. Goalies are big now, unless you're really really good. And Saros has been. And Remy has been trying to pry Saros off me in fantasy all season long because he's been incredible um and another guy for nashville too has been tanner janot who was in the calder conversation for you know the the large portion of the first half of the season so they've had some really nice surprises for this team and we along with everyone else sort of counted them out at the start of the year and and now it's looking like you know they could be a playoff team a good one at that the only two goalies I see could even remain in the conversation for um, Vesna right now is Saros and Sh- uh, Shesterkin. And yep, to I me, agree. That's it. Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson has mm. been that good. He's been, yeah, he's been. Yeah, good I forgot about him. Freddie Anderson, but yeah. I'm still. I, I think he's third in that in those talks. Yeah, I uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, our our good friend uh, Gavin McCarthy, who we've had on the podcast. He's mm-hmm. a, a goaltender and uh, playing uh, junior hockey in, in Sudbury right now uh, with uh, with the Timmins Rock. And when I asked him who is his favorite goaltender on the podcast, he said UC Saros. And at the time, it was a little bit of a surprise, but not a surprise now. I mean, Saros is an elite goaltender. And like you alluded to, Chad, really impressive with how good he is because he is undersized. And so he has been just a a workhorse for this team. And yeah, our, our concerns with this team have been uh, have been resolved. The guys on the long-term contracts that have found their games again, the Duchesnes and the Johansons in particular, and you could even throw Yossi in there. The last uh, couple of seasons, a little bit off, but he's back to that Norris Trophy-level defenseman. And then I think we were a little bit worried about the depth. Like, we didn't know how good Janot was going to be, but they've got guys like Cunning and and Cousins and and uh, Trennan and all these different guys that have been great as well. Uh, Nashville is a fun team to watch, and that's a great hockey market as well. You want to know something, Harper? I had never heard the name Tanner Janot until about 20 games into this season when I picked him up in fantasy. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I had never heard of his name. Like, he came out of nowhere for me. Was this a well-known player? Like, did no. You- no, no, no. I've been calling him Genois the whole time. So yeah, well, I called him Genot for the first like week of the season. <laughs> that, that I, I was saying Genot too, and it was actually uh, THG, the hockey guy, who just kept talking about him in his reviews and being like, Genot was really like really starting to make a case for for the Calder, and and so anyway, immediately going to NHL 22, bump up his rating, and and uh, just started paying more attention to him. He's been great, for yeah. sure, but no, not a well-known player coming into the season. Absolutely. All right, we've talked about every NHL team in this division, so let's uh, wrap <laughs> this up, guys. Um, not yet case we got one more (laughs) and uh yes that is the arizona coyotes so we'll keep it tight with the coyotes they've been playing well lately and uh chad we'll we'll go to you to start i know that was a uh a tough finish the other night in toronto you were at that game uh but the coyotes six and five in their last 11 they're playing well and uh let's talk about uh the uh the eighth place team in this division no surprise there but they've been playing well as of late 
The Dude, Coyotes this, just love playing spoiler, man. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, yeah. this team may be in the basement, but they might be having more fun than anyone in the league right now because they're absolutely spoiling all the top teams. They're spoiling everyone's uh, bet 365. They're setting random records like Nick Schmaltz scoring <laughs> a billion points in two games. You got, uh, you know, someone shit talks them in the media. Sean Avery says Clayton Keller's a bag of trash. And now he's over a point per game and blowing up. It's like everything that's going against them, they they just like to spoil it. So, it, yeah, I mean, they're having fun other than the fact that they're in like the worst market in the world and they're going to be playing at a college <laughs> rink next year. Yeah, they're, they're having fun because they've got thick Richie doing keg stands in the ASU locker room after the game. Like, But so when they came to Toronto, I went to that game, you know, and it was like okay this is this should be a dub it should be we bet against them every time and i've stopped doing that because every time they they screw up my bets in in parlays and whatnot but you just know coming into toronto that nick ritchie is gonna have a night uh you, you know that boyd is gonna have a night galchenyuk's gonna have a night etc and so like they did and scott wedgwood was a brick wall that night because you knew he was going to be and like Anyway, Arizona, we knew was going to be bad. At the start of the season, we had them in eighth. We already talked about that. They're tanking for a draft pick. They're going to probably sell more at the deadline, get more draft picks, and they're going to, you know, in, in three to five years when they're playing in a college rink, they're going to have, you know, some really good players, and, and it's going to be fun. But right now, they're no good, and uh, they stink, in fact, except for when they play Toronto. And I wanted to talk about that game just briefly because in overtime, Jacob Chikrin, clear penalty. Just wanted to say that Connor McDavid right now is number one in the NHL in terms of penalties drawn, 41. Austin Matthews is tied for 310th in the NHL in terms of penalties drawn with nine. Is that why he tried to shatter Deline's uh, jaw the other night? Probably. It's a lot of pent-up anger. If they call the penalty, maybe he wouldn't, you know, have to do that. Oh, but to call the penalty. In, in the Arizona game, though, that was a clear penalty, and there wasn't a single one called all game. Not a single penalty. I wanted to look it up, and I forgot to do this, but I wanted to look up when the last time a game was played in the NHL where not a single call was made. Um, but it, it's not completely fair to say that because there was one penalty in the game it was a bench minor because the Leafs challenged an offside goal and it, it didn't come back so they got a bench minor for that but the refs didn't actually go out of their way to call any penalties so I just thought it was it was hilarious and of course it was Arizona of course it was Galchenyuk who got on the board first and oh this team is so infuriating man Arizona that is but also Toronto they they love playing the spoiler role as you guys mentioned and uh, i've heard so many times this season like oh uh arizona and and you know team x like whoever they're playing oh they got vimelka tonight like yeah. vimelka has been fantastic like he just uh, talk about a guy that like we knew nothing about <laughs> no no it's so, great from, so from teams uh we'll say 10 to 25 his save percentage is about an 880 mm -hmm. and then from team 9 to 1 he's 940 yeah and it, it's funny wow. like when you 
I, that's not a true statement. Yeah, I was going to say Harp. I'm, I'm I think making he's, that up. Yeah. But it's <laughs> but funny it's, when you look at his games, dude, like he'll he'll get ripped for six against like Buffalo or whatever and no one bats an eye. But then he'll shut out Toronto and it's like, oh my God. Or like he'll shut out Colorado or something and it's like, yeah, it's so weird because he's been like, if you average his numbers, he's been pretty much league average. But he's shown that he can be really, really good some games. And it's really weird. And same with Scott Wedgwood, too. So. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And 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 Vimalka at this point, I think Arizona wants to wants to keep him around. They gotta have some players stick around for next season when they're when they're playing in uh, ASU's barn for sure. And Case, you did mention too, they're having a lot of fun right now, and and that is true. They're they're a good Instagram follow if you ever want to check out the you know the Coyotes what they're posting and stuff. Like I saw, like they'll often like have videos of of guys in the locker room after and after. Uh, schmaltz's seven point night against the senators he was just like thanks boys let's get after it tonight so um they're just and they're basically going to be a college team next year and so they uh you know they'll just have some fun play spoiler and and uh go to some college parties afterwards so the uh yeah the coyotes are having fun but uh there we go guys that wraps up the central division we will be back next week with the Metropolitan Division to uh, get into the Eastern Conference. And uh, next Monday, when we release our episode, that is trade deadline day. So that is going to be a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to that. So we will chat with you again next week. Thanks for listening and, uh, and have a good one. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.